Welcome to the Peter Lag Podcast, where you're empowered to lead, inspire, and influence. Now, here's your host and mentor, best-selling author, internationally acclaimed speaker, and community leader, Dr. Peter Legg. Welcome to the Peter Legg Podcast. I'm Dr. Peter Legg, and today I'm privileged to talk to my guest, Sonia Frustenholm. Sonia studied at the University of Victoria, where she completed her BA and MA in History and her Bachelor of Education degree. She has worked as a small business operator, a bookkeeper, a national administrator for Results Canada, and as a high school teacher in Victoria and Shawnigan Lake. And I'm so delighted that she's here. Welcome, Sonia. And uh, it's the first time we've met uh, on uh, anywhere, anyway, so I'm thrilled that you're here. Delighted to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. How on earth did you decide and what caused you decide to run in to be elected? So it, it, it was never a plan of mine to be in politics. I, uh, as you pointed out, I was a high school teacher. We moved to Shawnigan Lake in 2011 with my uh, family, our small kids. And I was just gonna teach up there for one year at a, an international school. And then we were going to go back to Victoria. That was the plan. Um, but as we know, uh, plans have a way of changing. Uh, and we, on the one hand, really fell in love with the community of Shawnigan Lake and with Cowichan Valley. Uh, it's an amazing, beautiful community. It's got a lot of vibrancy. Uh, and then, uh, we started to see signs around the community about, uh, they said, no toxic soil in our watershed. And we learned that the provincial government was in the process of deciding um, whether or not they would give a permit for a local quarry company to put 5 million tons of contaminated soil uphill from the drinking water uh, in Shawnigan Lake. And... Uh, very long story short, uh, the permit was uh, given to the company and I went from being a high school teacher to uh, a community uh, organizer and eventually locally elected for the Cowichan Valley Regional District in 2014 and then ran to be MLA in 2017 because one, I wanted to solve what was happening in Shawnigan, and we did. Only time a permit has successfully been revoked by a province uh, after four years of our community really standing up for a future that we wanted, which was a clean water future. But secondly, what I learned over those four years was that how decisions are being made in this province is leading to these kinds of circumstances where communities are fighting back and not happy with the outcomes. And uh, one of the things that was really contributing to that was something called professional reliance where industry hired its own professionals instead of having scientists and experts located inside government. Uh, and I, I wanted to be part of reforming that and indeed was. Um, as the confidence and supply agreement in 2017 included reform of professional reliance. And we have the Professional Governance Act in BC, which was introduced in 2018. So uh, for me, my journey into politics was purpose-driven, uh, community-driven, but also with a very clear uh, goal of, of solving a structural problem. And the reason I'm still here <laughs> is I still have that purpose. 
Uh, I'm still driven by wanting to make communities healthier and better places for people. And I think that we have to recognize that how we do politics and how governance happens is critically important in connecting that to the outcomes that we're getting. And I think we need to do so much better. And that's what drove me to run to be leader of a provincial party and keeps me going every single day. So what, what, what one thing makes you, other than being uh, an attractive lady, other than being the only person with the Green Party and being outspoken and well-spoken, I might add, what drives you to do this other than what you've just said? Yeah, just one thing. There's two of us. There's me and Adam Olson. Uh, he's the MLA for Saanich North and the Island. So I have a team yeah. here, which is very fortunate. What's the one thing I, it's actually two, and it's something I talk about all the time. It's purpose and it's joy. So purpose is knowing, you know, what I'm trying to achieve, whether it's uh, increasing the uh, person with disability rates or getting action on biodiversity protection or recognizing that uh, we have to change our, our uh, energy systems um, to address climate crisis. Purpose is so critical, but that purpose has to be combined with joy. Uh, it should be joyful to be wanting to shape the future. That, that, that vision for a better future should be inspiring and hopeful and create a sense of like what is possible when we act collectively and when we come together. And so uh, for the last two years in our little office here in the BC legislature and our team of seven staff and two MLAs, uh, I always say, if we, if we get purpose and joy, we're doing great. But if we have at least one of those every single day, then we are, we are moving in the right direction. So how do you bring that purpose? How do you bring that excitement? Be, be beyond where you are, beyond your writing? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and uh, you know, it's service. Uh, so the purpose really comes from uh, the input that we get from our constituency offices, from the public reaching out to us, from people coming to us with uh, solutions or with issues that they have. So that purpose really is brought forward by people. That's how a democracy really should work is that you are uh, a representative. And so all the time uh, we are talking about uh, how do we best serve? How do we represent what people are bringing to us and represent people most effectively? So that's where the purpose comes from. And then the joy comes from, again, from service. Uh, there is, for me, uh, when I hear from somebody that we have helped, that we have made a, a, a positive material change in their lives, either by advocating for them through government channels or by bringing in a policy change or legislation, uh, that is the, the most fulfilling feeling I can feel. And uh, it, is, it is a gift and an honor uh, to be an elected representative. Uh, and my orientation is to service. Would you expect to have uh, other candidates throughout the province? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're we're going to have a, a we're going to aim absolutely to have a full slate of candidates in BC. We already have. Uh, so Adam Olson and I have confirmed we're running again. Uh, Lisa, Dr. Lisa Gunderson in Oak Bay Gordon Head. 
We have Nicole Charlewood already running in uh, Nelson Creston, and we have a handful of announcements coming up about candidates in other ridings. We have uh, opened nominations across the province and we are telling people, if you are a change maker, if you are committed to your community, if you want to uh, work in, as part of a caucus that will support you to work for your community, uh, we are the caucus that will be there for you. And uh, I think we can, we can make incredible change happen uh, when we elect people who are really focused on service. As you probably know this number, but you probably know better than I do. How many ridings are there in British Columbia that you expect to run, run the candidate? There are 87 ridings in BC, although there is an Electoral Boundaries Commission final report that will be coming out any day now, and I expect we will have an increase uh, uh, by a couple of ridings in this province, uh, given that we've had a population increase. But right now there are 87, and 57 of those uh, ridings are currently represented by NDP, 28 by the BC Liberals, and two um, by the very small but mighty BC Green Caucus. <laughs> Is your, is your plan to have a, a candidate running for elect, elected in every every district? That's the plan, yeah. Do you have any guess as to when this might be? And I know this, it has to be by a certain date, but... The, the, um, the legislated election date is in October of 2024. So we actually have legislation in BC that has fixed election dates. Uh, the Premier, Premier Evie, has indicated that he does not intend to throw an early election, so I hope that he sticks to his word because we need politicians who are uh, willing to be honest and truthful and stick to their word. Uh, but we learned in 2020 um, that, uh, you know, the government and the Premier said they weren't going to an election and then they, they did have a snap election. Um, so we are, we are getting prepared. But the most important thing for us is to really connect with people who are already uh, champions in their communities, who are already the change makers, and to, uh, to ask them uh, to come forward and, and come serve in the BC legislature. Where do you get your uh, infective enthusiasm from? Same places, it, it is that, uh, that sense of service that really does give me uh, a kind of boundless energy. Uh, I feel so fortunate that I get to get up every day and work on things that really matter, uh, on health, on education, on transportation, on solving problems. Uh, we are uh, really oriented to uh, recognizing we can solve these problems that we face in BC and in Canada and around the world. They are solvable. Humans are extraordinary. I'm a historian uh, and I've studied what has been done uh, by humans and by civilizations in the past. And I believe fully uh, that we have everything it takes to solve these problems that we face. And I wanna be part of that solution. How do you get your voice heard throughout the entire province? What kind of strategy do you employ for that? Yeah, it's, it, it's, there's no single way. And I think that uh, for being a very small caucus, two people, seven staff here, and having a pretty small party team, um, we are definitely punching above our weight when it comes to getting our voice out. But it's everything from uh, social media to you know, traditional media to podcasts like this, to writing, 
to connecting with people face to face to uh, holding events in our ridings and around the province. It's, it's everything. And I think uh, the, the real challenge is being so small is, is getting our voices out and getting them heard by more people. But what I find is that when people have a chance to connect with us, especially directly with Adam or me, um, and to find out who we really are, uh, we often find uh, that those people become really strong supporters and uh, stay with us. So I look back to my campaign in 2017. I mean, winning a, um, an election as a Green is no small feat. It, it's really tough, right? You have to work incredibly hard. Um, but I held over 30 kitchen table talks. So just gathering in people's houses with maybe 10, 15 people and spending several hours, maybe two or three hours answering any question that they asked me. And uh, I go back to those kitchen table talks. Those people are still volunteering, still supporting uh, and, and still helping us uh, in Cowichan. And I think that it is that personal connection that can make a real difference. How did you get this infectious personality? My father's name was Peter. Uh, and he was a child psychologist. Uh, and he had the most positive and hopeful outlook. He, he was born in 1939 in Northeast Germany, just as the war was starting. Had an absolutely harrowing childhood. Uh, his father was uh, taken by the Russians, died in a prisoner of war camp. His older brothers were conscripted into the army. He and his mother and his sister and brother had to escape from East Germany uh, when he was a child. He came to Canada alone when he was 15 years old, made the journey by himself, finished high school in Sydney, BC, uh, went to university, became a professor of psychology uh, and ingrained in me uh, one, a true appreciation for democracy, uh, for the incredible good fortune we have to be Canadian, um, but also ingrained in me a real commitment to you give back, you give back to your community, you give back to your society, you participate in making the world a better place. And uh, he, unfortunately, he died 22 years ago. Um, I miss him enormously. Um, we named our son after him, Peter, and he has the same kind of a wonderful, gentle, kind, uh, loving nature. Um, but I strive to, to take to heart what my dad taught me when I was growing up, which is uh, we're incredibly fortunate. And the way that you respond to that kind of good fortune is to give back. You have brothers and sisters, are they similar to you? I do, my brother is a professor at Carleton University. He teaches film studies and philosophy. Um, my sister lives here in Victoria and then I have a stepsister as well and she lives in California. Um, and yeah, we are all uh, very aware of the, the special um, childhood that we had with our father. And my mom lives here, she is Oh, she's 82 years old now, and she is a force of nature as well. And Lady. She, yeah, she's incredible. Um, really a community builder as well, a volunteer her whole life. Uh, stood up and protected Elk Island Park when she lived in Alberta from a 
proposed uh, landfill site. So that also runs in the family. And uh, again, just has taught us that uh, there is incredible joy in connection and community. I, I think I asked you this, but I'm not sure if I did. You have brothers and sisters and- Yeah, they're, they're, they're I, you know, they're very special people as well. And I'm really grateful for my relationship with them. I also have uh, a blended family of kids. I have five kids. <laughs> um, my oldest is 28 and, uh, and then two stepkids who are 22 and 23. And then my youngest are 17 and 15 years old. And uh, we're so lucky. They are amazing kids. They all really love each other. And uh, we have just this absolutely wonderful, blessed home life that I'm so grateful for and, uh, and a stalwart supporter in my husband, Blaze, who um, uh, has been the, you know, the pillar of support that anybody needs to be in a role like this. Um, I'm so grateful to him. How long have you been married to Blaze? Uh, we've been together for almost 20 years now. Yeah. You know each other well. We sure do. I mean, there aren't any, there's uh, uh, no surprises, but there's still a lot of joy in, in, uh, in the relationship and uh, in just continuing to discover new things together and embark on new adventures. And he's very much like me. He was president of, uh, of Results Canada when I met him and really committed to making the world a better place. And it sounds to me like what you want to do, you want to make BC a better place. I really do. And I think that uh, we, we can't let go. We can't let go of the idea that uh, things can be better, that we can do better for people. Uh, and I think we want to, what we don't want to fall into is the, the kind of trap of thinking, oh, well, everything's terrible. And therefore, you know, I don't believe in government anymore. No, uh, the reality is government has been able to deliver incredible uh, outcomes for people for generations and democracy is, is, is the best form of government, even as flawed and problematic as it can be. But I think we have to recapture that, that belief that government can effectively serve people and people's needs and that we can have outcomes that are about improving well-being. Well, I um, the time has gone by. It's almost noon here. <laughs> what one thing would you like to say to this audience would be around the entire province uh, to capture their imagination and to capture your enthusiasm and commitment? Yeah, thanks, Peter. You know what I would say is um, get to know the BC Greens. I know that people think, oh, the Greens are just about one thing. And yes, we absolutely believe we need a healthy environment and a livable climate. Uh, but we also know that we have to have a society where people's needs are met, where our communities are connected and thriving and the conditions are there for businesses to succeed and for people to succeed. And also so importantly that we have to have a, a province where we trust our government, where we trust our institutions. And so my one message is, you know, get to know us. Uh, we have a lot of uh, ideas and solutions and we are absolutely here to serve all British Columbians. Well, 
Sonia, thank you very much for your half an hour. Thank you for your enthusiasm. It's infectious. And I wish you well. And congratulations to you and your party. And I look forward to seeing you on the election trail. Not that I'm running, but uh, you never know. <laughs> thank you so much for this opportunity. And I really enjoyed uh, having the conversation with you and, and uh, hope to see you again. You will. Thank you, Sonia, very much. Bye.